Ramble. My dog Mango has been with me through some really crazy times in life. I mean, she's been with us for the past 10 years. If you guys don't know, Mango is my little French bulldog with half hair. Okay, she's fuzzy only half the time. And she is literally the glue of my family. I have quite literally named an entire podcast and a YouTube channel from my dog Mango. She is the reason that these channels exist. But three years ago, Mango was diagnosed with this autoimmune disease and she was always at risk of excessive bleeding. Her fur was falling out in clumps. It was it was a pretty stressful time in my life. I was constantly emotional about Mango being in pain and then I would be, get so stressed out every time I started going over the vet bills. Every time we took her to the vet, it was like thousands of dollars because her condition was so difficult to treat. And I am just so thankful that we had savings to cover it. I wish I had known about Spot Pet a few years back. It would have just eased so much of that stress. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, is here to share a message today on how they are a secret weapon against the unexpected. Because with Spot Pet Insurance, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills. Our dogs are always there for us during our hardest times, and we need to be there for them too. Go to spotpet.com today and get a quote instantly. Visit spotpet.com. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductibles, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. I don't know why being the first podcast of the month makes me feel like I need to do something special, right? So it's the first week of December. I'm like, holy cow, they're expecting something bigger. They're expecting one of the biggest cases ever. I wanted to do a case that you guys just have been requesting for a really, really long time. I even thought I even thought about revisiting the Ted Bundy case. And when I say revisit, not even just like redoing the Ted Bundy case, but like completely freaking picking apart the way that my fiance just picked his nose. (laughs) picking apart picking apart the case because when I covered Ted Bundy that was like two years ago on my YouTube channel when I was a true crime noob and I just did not know what I was talking about I didn't get into the nitty-gritty of all the little nasty details of Mr. Bundy asshole and I didn't do any of that and so I really wanted to do that this week but something in my gut was just like you need to cover Daisy's destruction everyone has been asking you to cover Peter Scully Daisy's destruction and I was like okay fine so Daisy's destruction you know it's almost like an urban legend you've you've probably heard variations of it if you are anywhere near like just everywhere youtube reddit um i think even tiktok probably has covered some of it how come you you never talked about it because it's so dark it's just not something like even today i would say that i spent about a good like 10 hours today just going in on this case just doing all this research i'm on an fbi watch list for sure after today and i Wow, even now I just had a burp. I have just insane indigestion. My stomach is turning and this rarely happens. And my fiance can definitely like testify if we had to put them on the stand. I mean, every single crime I get into it. But once I'm done, I'm really good at like somehow putting it into its little box and then like putting it away in my brain shelf, right? Mm -hmm. But for a lot, I mean, some cases I just can't do that. I just have lots of thoughts. I have lots of emotions. And then probably for the next couple of weeks, I'll be thinking about it, talking about it, dreaming 
talking about it and this is going to be one of those cases my stomach was turning so if you know anything about daisy's destruction or if you've briefly heard of it it's almost like an urban legend um you know there's a lot of different variations of it it all involves a girl by the name of daisy and it all involves child pornography so this week's episode is not for the lighthearted. we are going to be talking really really in depth about a lot of child abuse um the dark web the deep web, a lot of pedophilia, a pedophile network, something called the pedophile empire. Yeah. And we're talking about Peter Scully and we're going to be talking about Daisy's destruction. And what that is, it's a one hour long film that was sold on the dark web for about $10,000 and it involved three different victims and it involved three adults who sexually abused, physically abused and mentally abused the three kids. People are spending ten thousand to buy this yeah. film. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's an hour-long film. And I don't even want to call it a film because that's such a diss to filmographers out there. It's a fucking. It's, I mean, it's not so, a snuff film because nobody dies in it. So you're saying basically a lot of people heard about the name of it. Yeah, and or you have I, an idea of what this is. Yeah, so it actually got leaked. So it got leaked on the dark web. So the paywall disappeared. So at first you could What's only a paywall? a paywall is just like when you have to pay to view something oh. like you, it's, you know, it's paywall exists on the regular web. Let's say you have to pay to get a certain number of articles from like a, you know, a subscription based thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the paywall disappeared for Daisy's destruction. It ended up on a dark web website that is frequented by pedophiles. And there are there's a rumor that it actually leaked onto the surface web. OK, so in order to understand all of this i am sure you guys know the spiel about the dark web and the deep web and the surface web but in case you don't i need to give you like a two second reminder so this is going to be about onion routing now this i didn't know i mean i've i would like to say that i know a bit about the dark web um I, I don't go on the dark web. I'm not like trying to get hacked, right? But um, I do know a little bit. So the dark web and the deep web are kind of like subsections of each other. The deep web is anything that cannot be just indexed by search engines. Like if you Google something or if you Bing something, I don't know, your search browser, you Google it, right? It's not going to show up because it mm-hmm. can't be indexed by search engines. You cannot, if you are just on your computer right now, you cannot access most of the internet because most of the internet is actually on the deep web, mm. right? So imagine the, like the way that everyone describes it is like this ice glacier and most mm-hmm. of it is at the bottom and you only see the surface level. And in 2001, they did a study and they said it's about 500 times larger than the surface web, the deep web, but now it's probably exponentially larger than the surface web. Now, mm-hmm. The dark web is a subsection of the deep web where it's usually passcode encrypted or there's illegal activity going on. These are servers that you can't just happen upon. Mm. Right. So even if you have Tor, so a lot of people have this misconception that you download something called Tor, which stands for the onion router. Now, what's an onion? Mm. What does onion got to do anything about it? So onion routing was actually invented by the U.S. federal government. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So the United States decided to develop a way to be truly anonymous online. They were like, listen, everything on the Internet, because the Internet was like just forming. And they were like, hey, everything is traceable by the companies who are selling us these Internet packages by the people that are you know monitoring everything the internet is traceable and as us the cia the united states of america we don't want our activity to be traced we don't want microsoft to know that this cia agent just double tapped an instapic you know of a big booty right like we 
don't want that. And so they were like, okay, we need to, we need to develop some software. So they developed what's called onion routing, which just means that the sender, the source of the information and the destination of the information is untraceable. It's completely anonymous. You can't trace it like you can. Think of it like this. It doesn't matter if you got a VPN right now. I'm telling you, a VPN exponentially helps you, right? But mm-hmm. everything you do online, if they really want, the FBI is going to find out, right? Like, they're going to trace it to you. I mean, just that's how I like to live my life. It doesn't matter if I'm using a VPN. Everything's seen by the FBI. That's how I live my life, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do a lot of true crime research, so that's the only reason. <laughs> But with onion routing, it's really difficult. It's nearly impossible to trace that information if you're really smart about it. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the crazy thing. They develop onion routing and they're like, wait a minute. If the CIA are the only people using onion routing, then everyone's going to know that if anything is onion routed, it's the CIA. So in order for onion routing to truly be anonymous, we need to have other users on there. So they released it. So they released the information for people that wanted freedom, you know, and untraceability on the internet. And so people started downloading Tor, which is the popular version. It's just the onion router. There's like different software you can. So you're saying that we do be living in the country of freedom. We do be. (laughs) (laughs) But like, honestly, it was a really selfish decision. It was just for them to have. Is that actually true? Yeah, that's what I looked into. I mean, I'm sure that there's so much more meat to this story. But Mm. let me tell you, I got confused. (laughs) 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 I was like, what? where are the onions (laughs) why are there so many onions involved and so um yeah the usa released it and ever since then it's become the deep web now a lot of people use it for a lot of different things um a lot of people just use it for like you know you have a big group of people who use it truly for just youtube like they're just like i just don't like the idea of people being able to trace things to me even though i'm not doing anything illegal you know everyone's got their own reason but of course with something like this there's going to be a lot a lot of illegal stuff so now that you know about onion routing now that you know about the dark web let's talk about the childhood abuse that exists on the dark web it's really bad Anonymous gets involved. Yeah, that hacker group, Anonymous, that we were obsessed with during quarantine. Yeah, they're back and they've been here for a really long time. Okay, they actually took down one of the biggest child abuse, child pornography websites. I'm just going to call it CP websites. Okay, so CP typically stands for child porn. Um, By the way, disclaimer, like if you are uncomfortable with this, this is just we're going really into the details. So I'm sorry. So um, Lolita City was one of the biggest CP networks on the dark web and Anonymous actually took them down. They hacked the dark web for that one. Damn, you need to do a whole story on them. I know. They must have done some crazy shit. Ironically, ironically though, because of Uh Anonymous, we have actually another network of one of the biggest pedophile empires, is what they call it, on the dark web. Because the creator saw the Anonymous group you know, hacking them uh-huh. and got interested. Oh, I'll get into it. So first, let's talk about Peter Scully. Peter Scully is the creator of Daisy's Destruction. He is one of Australia's most prolific pedophiles. He is absolutely disgusting. If you have heard the name Peter Scully, you probably are already grabbing at your stomach because you are upset. So there's not really a lot on Peter Scully's childhood that I could find, you Mm -hmm. know, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he has been really, really hush-hush. He's in prison right now in the Philippines and he has been... Yeah, most of his crimes took place in the Philippines and um, he's been really hush-hush. He claims that he's writing a 
the book right now about everything that went on. But so far what we do know, and I know with like all the things that all these different laws that different countries have, they're really good at keeping things private. So what I do know is that Peter Scully, he was living in the suburbs of Melbourne, Australia. He had a wife and kids. He had two kids. Oh my God. It's going to drive you nuts. So Peter Scully is married. And he's got two kids. He lives in this like upper class, nice suburban area. People know him like all of his neighbors, all of his, you know, colleagues. They know him to be a wealthy family man, wealthy, but still loves his family. He's all about that family life. He's all about his kids. Now, there is no indication. There was no reports from what I could see that he had done anything weird to his family or anything weird to his kids. So I'm not insinuating like, oh, he's like a family man. Right. But a lot Mm -hmm. of people said, you know, he was a good dad. He was considered to be really intelligent, friendly and just like wealthy that's like the name every that's like the thing everyone said he just seemed really really wealthy right and in 2011 this is a really recent case all of these are so recent by the way so 2011 he flees the country of australia to the philippines now why does he do that is he looking for a vacation is he looking is he looking for a new life is he looking for a new wife right no um it's because he was actually involved in a property scheme that cost investors up to 2.68 million dollars so he was wanted he was a wanted man in australia scheme yeah he like he did a lot of like real estate schemes and a lot of people so he was like oh i got this good property you've never seen property like this location location and then just like give me your money like look at all the money i already have because i'm such a you know a good real estate developer and so they would give him his money and Uh turns out there was no location there was no land there was nothing and so he had schemed them out of like close to three million dollars and that was in 2011 so it's probably a lot more considering inflation right and there was a lot of other illegal things that he was wanted for so his rap sheet was actually pretty intense before he fled to the philippines so the second thing was that he was running an unlicensed escort service so he had a malaysian mistress in australia so he had his wife who we can presume had no idea about any of this right like it seems like his family had no idea it seems like he was living two lives so he has this malaysian mistress his girlfriend's on the side Mm -hmm. and he created this unlicensed escort service where he would just like pimp her out just her like nobody else it wasn't like an empire of escorts it was just her so he would just like be like okay well you're gonna go see this john client tonight at this hotel and it was just really illegal okay so that was the second thing that he was wanted for and then Uh the third thing was that the australian securities and investment commission they said that he had been doing a lot of real estate scams since 2009 and as of 2011 he had 117 fraud and deception offenses that they were currently investigating so this man is just a con man like he's not necessarily someone who was wealthy in his own right he was literally just conning people Mm -hmm. and it's crazy because if i saw a picture of him and you told me he was a real estate investor i'd believe it i'd be like oh yeah like he kind of looks like that so it's very interesting right and so the police theorized in 2011 because they had an arrest warrant they couldn't find him anywhere they kind of theorized that maybe he fled to malaysia with his malaysian girlfriend like maybe he was like bye family i'm gonna leave to malaysia to be with my girlfriend Mm -hmm. and it's not like these offenses were murder and even in cases of murder you know it's really really hard to go into a separate country with your freaking 
Hey, yeah. I brought my police from a different country and I'm going to be all up in your country. Like, it's just nearly impossible. Mm-hmm. And so they couldn't search all of Malaysia for him. I mean, it was just a really helpless situation for the Australian police. So mm-hmm. they just had like warnings out at like different airports, but they couldn't really do much. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. He didn't go to Malaysia. He actually went to the Philippines instead. And that's when he decided, hey, real estate money. It's just not really good money. I need better money than that. And, you know, they people always say, do what you love, right? And I love children. I mean, essentially, yeah, that's what happened. And so he decided to start his own lucrative international CP ring. And it was going to be a pay-per-view dark web thing. So there's different variations. I mean, from what I could research. See, this is the crazy thing. Like, I tried looking into the psychology of people who have this. I don't even know what to call it. You know, I don't. I can't even call it a disease because that almost makes it. It takes away the blame. Right. You know, I can't call it a fetish because it's illegal. Like, that's not a fetish. You know, I don't want to give you the respect of saying, oh, it's just what you're into. It's just like this nastiness. I don't know. I just don't understand any of this. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why a lot of the times you don't see a lot of true crimers covering pedophilia to a very deep extent as we do serial killers because A, it's just so uncomfortable and B, I think no matter how much we cover it, we will never understand it, even like 1%. Right. So it's just really frustrating. But I feel like I feel like we need to cover it more. I feel like their faces and their names should be out there. Like we should know about the biggest pedof- pedos as much as we yeah. know, like the biggest serial killers. I think yeah. if anything, they could be more dangerous because you're going to see the sheer number of children that are involved, it's it's going to blow your mind. So he moves to the Philippines. He starts this lucrative international CP ring, and he does this with the help of his two Filipino girlfriends. Now, his two Filipino girlfriends, they're called, um, so I guess the direct translation would be street kids. So um, I, I don't really know how that would work out in translation, but they're just kind of known as street kids, and I hate that. But what it means is that a lot of the times, it's like they would just leave their kid out in the street if they couldn't afford to have that kid. So instead of dropping them off at like an orphanage or dropping the kid off at like a hospital or a, a fire department, they would just drop the kid off in the street. And a lot of these kids, I mean, they were dropped off in the middle of the street since they were like an infant. So mm. they just, all they knew was the streets, and they were called street kids for that reason. Um, they had a very different life from what I could research from orphans in the Philippines because orphans you know they still stuck to like orphanages whereas street kids it seemed like a lot of them turned to prostitution a lot of them were turned you know and kind of groomed and brought into this illegal business it's really sad and so two of these girls one of them is named Carmen Ann Alvarez and she goes by the name Angel that was her nickname which is really ironic now and then you also have Lysel Margallo now Margallo went by the nickname Lovely so there's Angel and Lovely so Angel was 18 years old and Lovely was 19 years old and both of them were actually picked up by Peter Scully before they had reached the legal adult age now, it's really weird. So he had just picked them up from the middle of the street, right? Mm-hmm. He brings them home. He offers them food. And he starts just like kind of treating them like half as his kid, but also half as his girlfriends. So like he would kind of take care of them and make them feel like mm-hmm. he's adopting them. But also at the same time, he believed that they needed to be sex slaves inside the house. 
So they just had to do whatever he wanted them to do. Mm -hmm. And both of the girls said that they always felt safe with Peter. So this really goes to show like he's really good at manipulating people, like especially girls, especially vulnerable girls. And so in the beginning of this story, you're going to really feel a lot of sympathy towards these two girls. But then near the end of it, you're going to want to punch them in the face. And so a lot of the times what he would do is he would sell Angel and Lovely to different men for days at a time. Like it wasn't even like, here's a night with my girlfriend. I'm just pimping her out. It Mm -hmm. was like, oh, just take her for five days and so it was just like this really strange grooming that was happening and I'm sure for them they just finally felt a little bit of stability Mm -hmm. so Lovely's friends who were also growing up as street kids at the time I believe they Mm -hmm. said that um you know Lovely kind of described him as being like this really responsible rich like can financially take care of her guy from Australia Mm -hmm. and she was just really excited and happy to have someone like that in her life Mm -hmm. so she wouldn't have to worry about you know the next meal yeah so they also said that their relationship with peter was extra special so during all of this they will be involved heavily in the child abuse they actually are in daisy's destruction as abusers And they said that, no, but our relationship with Peter is special and it's different than Peter's relationship with all these children. He loves us. They said that they absolutely did not feel scared of Peter at all, even though Peter did murder one of the girls. Like they just don't. Yeah. They're like, no, we're totally fine. It's all good and dandy. They say that after Peter murdered someone. Yeah. They said not once did they feel scared around Peter. Wow. So let's talk about Daisy's destruction. So Daisy's destruction was made in 2012. Yeah, so recent. That's crazy. And it's a four-part film. Each part, I believe, no, I think the whole thing was sold for $10,000, but I think you could get the different four parts. So it's four okay. parts, but like maybe you could pay a little bit less for each part, I guess. But uh-huh. to get like the full film, it was $10,000. Now it involved two women who were masked. And later we find out that that is 18-year-old Angel and 19-year-old Lovely. And then you have one man who has a very pixelated face. So he's not wearing a mask, but his face is pi- pixelated during the entire thing. And he's not really on camera. So it seems like he's more of the producer, the director, the behind-the-scenes guy. And it seems like the two women are mainly doing most of the abusing they're doing most of the torture they're doing most of the physical torture and then peter scully would come in for the rape portion yes so he is the director as well as yeah as well as the abuser it's insane so also i think with the ten thousand dollar for the one hour thing i think that also adds to the urban legend of it because i mean anywhere you go online there's rumors of oh i think this is what happened in that one hour right and then we have a little bit of what the government gave us of like no actually this is what happened but they don't go in into the torture because you know why would they they're like we already have this you know as evidence blah 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 blah. like we're not gonna tell you guys about it because why would we and so it's just it adds to the urban legend of everything so here's what i do know for a fact so it involved three different victims and these are the names that were given to them in the video so liza she was 12 years old cindy who was 11 years old and daisy who is 18 months old whoa so we do know that Daisy was tied upside down for a large portion of the video and she was sexually assaulted, raped, and beaten. There was a lot of hot wax being poured on her private areas. There were lighters involved. There were barbed wires involved. And lovely, she is the main torturer of Daisy. 
So she is doing all of this physical torture, all of this sexual torture. Um, there is a rumor that there was a lot of sex toys involved, um, a lot of rape via sex toys. And the film essentially invites viewers to watch Daisy's mental ruin as she learns how to please her mistress. That is like a quote. That is not me. Daisy trying to... They're saying Daisy learning how to please So they're Peter? like... Um, actually, mistress. So lovely. It's very confusing. What? Yeah, I don't... This is the thing. Like, I think it's so hard for us to wrap our minds around it. So I think what they're trying to insinuate is like, hey, like, watch us mentally mess up this 18-month-old kid because, I mean, there's no coming back. I, I mean, I don't crazy. even know, like, where the mental capacity of an 18-month kid is. I don't even know if they can talk or walk, really. But it's just, like, I feel like that's something that they will remember. Like, you can't just be like, oh, they're a kid, you know? And so it's... It's just nasty. All of it is so nasty. So, I mean, we're going to get into a lot of thickness, right? I, it, there's no turning back. <laughs> Being a parent is hard. <laughs> like, I can only imagine researching and listening to stuff like this. I want to know so that I know what's going on in the world. But even it's hard for me to listen to. It's hard for me to research. Imagine how hard it is for a parent to listen to this. And you don't need to make parenting even harder. So when you get diapers to prevent the next eventual blowout, finding a diaper that's absorbent and soft without spending a fortune should not be hard. Because you can get those diapers delivered automatically with Hello Bello. Let me tell you about Hello Bello because this is so cool. I'm obsessed with Kristen Bell and Dak Shepard and they're co-founded by the couple. So Hello Bello is built on the simple idea that all babies deserve the best, which is why they offer premium baby products at affordable prices. So they have this diaper bundling service that lets you choose from over 20 different fun rotating designs. And each bundle comes with seven packs of diapers, four packs of plant-based wipes, and even one full-size product freebie with your first order. Plus, the shipping is free and cancel anytime. There's like no gotchas. My sister's pregnant. All of her friends have kids. They love Hello Bello. Right now, if you go to hellobello.com slash rotten, you'll get 25% off your diaper bundle order. That's a huge bang for your buck. And also, that's a lot of potential stress, a lot of potential blowouts saved. That's hellobello.com slash rotten to start bundling with 25% off your order. Plus, plus, get 15% off any add-ons like vitamins, wipes and don't forget that's hellobello.com slash so if that doesn't make your stomach turn already i'm gonna say something that's really gonna make you want to gag and throw up and this is probably why i had indigestion all day Daisy's destruction is not the first of its kind. It's probably the worst of its kind, according to a lot of judges, a lot of investigators who are involved in this, and also a lot of um, pedophiles. Not that I care about their opinion in any sort of way, right? But it's actually part of a genre called hurtcore. And if you're thinking, whoa, why have I never seen this on the hub? You know, I'm a, I'm a hub connoisseur. It's because hurtcore is a combination of hurt and hardcore, and it usually involves extreme degrading violence and sexual abuse on children and toddlers it's not like a bdsm thing or anything like that it's um full-on just illegal dark web shit okay so the victim usually in the qualification is that they are not a willing participant like not even in like the porn hub way where you're just like oh no sorry don't spank me you know i'm talking like these people will not watch your video unless the victim is a true victim 
So there was a dark web website called Hurt to the Core, and this was run by the king of Hurtcore. Like everyone who loved Hurtcore was obsessed with Hurt to the Core, a dark web website. So I mean, it's just so crazy because a lot of pedophiles on the dark web were denouncing this website, saying that this website is sick and twisted and be shut down. Wait, pedophiles what? are saying this. I mean, it sounds crazy to say this, but a lot of reporters were reporting it this way. But there are mainstream pedophiles, which just means so with mainstream pedophilia, it's a little bit different. And I'm not condoning it. I hate pedophiles of any sort. I think it's absolutely disgusting. And I hope you burn in hell. But with mainstream pedophiles, the ones that we know of more frequently is that they genuinely something is so messed up inside their brain that they have either manipulated themselves into feeling like it's okay. Okay, so they don't feel the guilt and shame. Um, they believe that they are doing what's right for the kid. They believe that they are helping the kid or that they are in a real loving relationship with the kid. So they kind of brainwash their own sick, twisted brain to feel this way so that they don't feel that guilt and shame that would come with something so absolutely horrendous. Right. And so because a lot of pedophiles really try to stick to that standard of like, no, like it's not our fault. We just like fell in love with an eight year old, even though we're like 52. Um Hurtcore, however, goes directly against that because you have full-blown adults literally torturing kids mm. and they get off on it. So how we look at regular pedophiles is how pedophiles look at Hurtcore pedophiles. Jeez. So like imagine how and I that's feel. The th- yeah. and, and also we will never be able to see Hurtcore oh, God. as a regular person. But oh, we would for, probably like have to die. Right, right, right. But those people, they browse and yeah. they will watch it and yeah. then they will make a comment on yeah. it. Yeah. That's crazy. Like I, I, I can't even imagine all the counseling that the investigators would have to go through after seeing something like that Yeah, as like normal people, right? But they can like browse through it and be like, oh, I don't really agree with it. <laughs> Like, what? And so they were denouncing Hurt to the Core and, you know, the king of Hurt Core. They were saying, like, this is too much and this is sick. This is twisted, right? But still. What are they saying? Like, who are they saying it to? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Um, 911. I know. So I was browsing this website today <laughs> and uh, I would like to file a complaint. It's just, like, not what I was looking for. Like, it's just crazy. (laughs) You know what this reminds me of? It's like when really toxic people say one thing that makes 1% sense and then suddenly everyone's like, you know, like, kind of makes sense. I kind of agree with it. It's like, no, they're still a pedophile. Like, we're not going to be like, well, you know, the pet. For once, I agree with the pedo. Like, no, what are you talking about, pedophile? And so they had a community on Hurt to the Core where it was kind of like social media. Like there was a hierarchy. There was the OGs of Hurt Core. There were the newbies. You know, they also did these things called shout outs where if you would make a friend, like you just know their username because again, we're just talking about the dark web. Nobody's giving out their real name. Nobody's giving out their IP address or their addresses, right? Uh And so a lot of the times people would make content and shout out out usernames and have the kids like hold up a piece of paper with the username as like a shout out like imagine a youtube video where you're like today i'm gonna give a shout out to another channel and they would give shout outs with the kids holding up the pieces of paper right before or during or after the abuse i my mind is blown and disgusted right now i'm sorry i usually don't have such personal input into crimes but oh my gosh Yeah, and it was bad because this website was getting about 15,000 downloads on a daily basis. So, yeah, just keep that in mind. I know a lot of the times... 
thousand. It sounds like a lot, but this isn't even one of the biggest networks. There's way bigger pedo rings on the dark web. Like you would be insanely shocked to know. I'm shocked. I thought I had a good understanding of crime like this, but I did not. So there was also what's called the producer's lounge of Hurt to the Core. And you had to upload a certain number of original content to gain access. And this is where all the really dark shit happens. So like Hurt to the Core, they had the basic level membership where it was just pictures, pictures of abuse, right? They're like just pictures, right? And then producer's lounge, if you were uploading enough content to their website, then you had access to secret videos that other producers had created. Because here's the thing with CP. I mean, it's one thing to make CP. It's another thing to pass it on. And then the thing is, like, once the FBI gets a hold of your CP, I mean, they're crazy. They they analyze everything. They analyze yes. the outlets in the background. Yes. I mean, I love it. I love it. Right. And mm. so that's why they had the producers lounge, because they're saying if you can make uh, some nasty shit, we're going to show you nasty shit from other people because we feel like we can trust you. Uh, so, like, not everyone had access to this lounge. Makes sense. So you couldn't just be a viewer. And this also made it really hard for law enforcement to break in because it's again one thing for law enforcement to pay ten thousand dollars of taxpayer money to try to stop this from happening but that also but you know what that also what i saw was Mm -hmm. it's more of like encouraging each other oh god like you want more content then you need to produce more content oh so it's like you know you're just gassing each other to make torture more kids and oh my god yeah but it also made it really hard for law enforcement you know agencies to break in because as much as the fbi can be really really weird sometimes you know they can pay like the ten thousand dollars and get this film so that they can analyze it try to trace it down try to get clues right Mm -hmm. but they cannot upload cp you know like right even if they had it in evidence just sitting there they cannot do that like that is breaking so many laws so that would prevent law enforcement from entering and they were really good at spotting footage that wasn't original so you couldn't Mm -hmm. really dupe them either and one of the people that was obsessed with hurt core was a guy by the name of Matthew Falder and all of it's gonna sound like I'm talking about a bunch of um, no this is his real name it's gonna sound like I'm talking about a bunch of random people but Uh trust me they're all part of a big pedo network that I'm just I went in on today like it's a whole they all know Peter Scully they've all seen Daisy's destruction some of them helped distribute it Mm -hmm. it's intense now Matthew Fowler is his real name that's not what he went by on the dark web we're gonna talk about how he got started he was actually a really big contributor to hurt to core to just hurt core in general he had connections to Peter Scully as well and it all starts well this is one of his victims she was actually um I think her name was victim number five, I think, in all the court documents because she was underage at the time. And she had posted an ad like on a Craigslist asking to like buy a pet. She was like, listen, I'm looking for a pet dog. Like I'm not trying to, she wasn't even trying to sell a pet. Like she wasn't trying to do anything weird. Like she was just genuinely looking for a pet dog. She's 15 years old. She posts this onto a website when all of a sudden, miraculously, another teenage girl messages her back. And it was an app called Gumtree. I think we've talked about it before with um, backpackers used an app called Gumtree and then they ended up getting kidnapped it's a long story Mm -hmm. and so um 
there was a girl by the name of Lisa who reached out to her and was like, listen, I'm a charcoal artist. So I like to draw lots of things with charcoal and I'm just like getting started and I just need some inspo. I need a muse. I need a model. How about I pay for any dog that you want on the market, whether it be a $300 Pomeranian, like whatever you want, I will pay for that dog as long as you send me a topless picture for art inspiration. No one's going to see it. It's just going to be me so that I can draw you because I think you are genuinely so beautiful. Like that is exactly how she phrased it and this 15 year old girl ended up opening up about her life because she thought she was talking to a fellow teenager who was just trying to make it in life so she starts opening up about how she has a disabled brother she is in foster care right now she's being bullied right now in school and she's just like listen I just feel like if I get a dog like maybe it'll make me happy and it was just the saddest thing ever and so Lisa is like you know I'm the same like I'm getting bullied all the time blah 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 just like really picking on her vulnerabilities and so this 15 year old girl ends up sending a picture a topless picture and suddenly lisa is no longer that nice oh i'm bullied too bits she is not that person anymore she says listen unless you send me more photos i'm gonna send this to all of the bullies at your school i'm gonna mail this to everyone that lives on your street and to make it even worse i will contact social services with this picture of you and tell them that you're doing nasty shit as a 15 year old and guess what they're gonna take away your disabled brother so of course this 15 year old girl did what a lot of people would do in this situation being 15 being feeling like you have no adults that you can trust there's really nothing else you can do so she would send more and more degrading photos it all started with her just like doing full nude pictures and then it went to her doing really degrading things like holding up signs called I'm a slut and then another one was I look after my disabled brother and now I'm being forced to strip so when you think about it at first I mean obviously I am a slut holding up that seems a lot more degrading right but then I was thinking about it and I was like wait a minute the only reason that Matthew would have her hold this sign up is if there's a market for it because think about it that's all this is it's like a supply and demand is what this hurtcore website is so there is there a market for people who are literally going online for underage girls holding up signs that are so depressing like I look after my disabled brother and now I'm being forced to strip what? Like, even if this person was over the age of 18 and was just like the hottest person I've ever seen in my entire life, that sign would immediately make everyone go, oof, okay, this seems illegal. Uh, obviously, we're not in that mindset of like, ooh, anymore. Like, we're like, uh, should we call the authorities? So you're saying that there's a market of people wants like just mind twisted yeah. stuff. Yeah, because why else? I mean, imagine if the whole market would say, oh my God, this person's canceled. Get this Matthew Falder off the internet, right? Mm. Then why would he do that? It's like, there's a market for it. That's that's insane. And so this girl, she ends up telling Liz, like, listen, I really want to die. Like, I don't think I can do this anymore. Um, you are ruining my life. I want to kill myself. And Liz does not stop. So this victim ended up in the ER for overdosing. And this is one of the many victims of Liz. When now, was that story told? This is later told in like 2015, I believe. So when she was in the ER, it was still not yeah. released. 
Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, she grew up in foster care. It's like Mm -hmm. people like this know exactly who to pinpoint. They're not going to go after the people who have amazing relationships with their parents and trust their parents to do the right thing, you know, Mm -hmm. to help protect them. They're going to go for people who really don't have anyone to tell about things like this. And Liz had a lot of more victims. So Liz, a.k.a. Matthew Falder, he had multiple identities online, but it seems like Liz, this charcoal artist, teenage girl, was like his favorite identity to take on, right? And he would blackmail lots of people. He would blackmail girls and make them eat food naked like dog food off the floor naked and take pictures of that he would make them and then he would escalate and blackmail them with those pictures so this is how it always starts this is kind of like the nth room this happened in korea too it's like a chat room right and it's like first send me a topless pic and then it's like well now because i have this picture you're gonna send me this picture and then it just escalates and escalates and escalates right and there was a girl who was eating feces poop And most of them were underage. There was multiple pictures of multiple different victims licking dirty tampons, licking dirty toilet brushes, licking public toilet seats that were really dirty. Um, And all of them had this degrading aspect of like, obviously, this was not consensual. They were underage and they didn't even want to do it. You know, they were being blackmailed into doing this. There was another, um, a couple, a lot of it was very homophobic and racist. So Matthew would have a lot of these underage girls being completely naked in degrading situations, holding up signs that would say like, I hate, insert homophobic slur, insert racist slur. Yeah. What? So I I guess there's a market for that too. Like it's just, it's so disappointing in humankind. I don't even know what to say. So he would have them hold up these signs. He was so sick to the point that he would even target these pro-anorexia websites looking for victims because he knew that if you were dealing with, you know, eating disorders, with anorexia, and you were on these websites that were pro-anorexia, it probably meant that you had a lot going on. You know, it's one thing to have an eating disorder. It's another thing to be so deep in into this that you are seeking out, you know, I guess encouraging eating disorders encouraging anorexia oh, like just pro oh, i thought yeah. you mean professional no 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 i was like pro, what does that mean yeah, you're like what no no no, no. pro like oh they're do oh, it like you should do it right so it. liz was actually matthew now who's matthew fadler well he's a 29 year old cambridge graduate he uh, yeah he's a researcher and a lecturer on geophysics which is pretty much like the physics of the earth he studied seismic oceanography is he, he a pro- is, he's a professor like, yeah he was a lecturer at a different oh university but he graduated God. from cambridge which is a highly esteemed university so he is very very, very intelligent. He had a long-term girlfriend. He had a lot of college friends and he had a lot of colleagues that he would hang out with on a weekend basis. People described him to be extroverted, funny, and larger than life. What the fuck? He had a double life. So he was just living this completely and he looks normal. Like, I think that's the crazy thing. Honestly, I'm going to be real with you. Anytime I hear people say, and the serial killer looks so normal, right? I would say like 30% of the time, I'm like, yeah, but like 70% of the time, I'm like, eh, like if I saw that guy, I'd probably cross the street. And that has nothing to do with anything but the fact that 
I don't know. He's got something crazy in his eyes, right? Mm-hmm. But with him and all these other people, like Peter Scully, Matthew Falder, and the rest of the people that I'm going to talk about in this giant pedo network, they genuinely look like fun people. Like one of them. I saw a picture of him at a bar with his friends, and he looks like a good time. Like he looks like he'd be that dude that tells funny jokes. And I'm just like, this is so scary. But then there's also, like you say, 20,000 people yeah. who download it, and they probably just regular people regular people like i feel like we all think pedophiles look a certain way too like those old dudes that are like come here little kid i got candy but they just look like regular 20 20 30 something year olds most of these people were caught in their 20s or 30s also successful yeah it's insane so it's not like a loser no like smelly weird like outcast no it's not he's 29 long-term girlfriend tons of college friends and what would the friend did you do you know what the friends are saying just we're all disgusted i mean i can't even imagine what it would be like to be a friend of his and a family member or even like a long-term girlfriend like that would be earth shattering yeah. actually one of the people that i'm going to talk about today he was turned in by his mom so it's just really disgusting and in his for your time when he wasn't doing all of those things he would go onto these forums on the dark web one of them was titled 100 things we want to see at least once yeah they're not gonna be your bucket list it's not gonna be i want to see the northern lights at least once i want to see beyonce live at least once so he posted onto this forum matthew falder he posted three things he wanted to see at least once before he died number one a young girl being used as a dartboard number two a child's bones being slowly and deliberately broken while they're alive Like, not, like, bones that you've taken out of their dead body. Like, they're alive. Like, you're grabbing their arm and deliberately breaking their arm. Slowly. Number three. The abuse, the sexual abuse of a paralyzed child. Those were the three things that Matthew Fadler wanted to see in his life. He also visited multiple threads. These threads included three men and a baby, toddler child porn star, crying rape, And he also made a thread of his own called Ideas for Blackmailed Girls. He also made two different manuals, one of them being Producing CP for Dummies. Also, Pedo Manual. It was just how to be a pedo. A manual on it. How not to get caught being a pedo. Which is crazy because, again, he had a double life. So he had a public Twitter and his Twitter seemed so normal. And this oh shook people. God. On his Twitter, he just posted about his love for dinosaur, dinosaurs, baking, ping pong, 3D printing, crossword puzzles that he was stuck on. There's nothing shady. Nothing. Pictures of him and his friends. The only very dark thing in hindsight was that he posted a tweet like, how do I put nice quality videos online? And everyone thought he was posting videos about, I don't know, fucking seismic oceanography. I can't He's even surfing it. dark web yeah why is he asking how to post a video i don't know you know what i mean yeah that seems like just doesn't that's Maybe such a like, fake yeah like, like him trying to be like oh, i don't even yeah what are normal people post online again yeah what's the internet i don't know how to use yeah. this what yeah. is dark web it's freaking nuts he went by three different names um he went by lisa when he was blackmailing girls but on the dark web when he was posting those blackmailed photos and pictures of girls mm-hmm. um photos and videos of girls he went by three names 666 devil evil mind 
and in the garden. He also had 70 different internet identities. And he, the worst thing that he did, technically, I mean, all of these are so bad. But one of the very scary things that he did, and think about this after I say it, is he blackmailed someone to rape a four-year-old. No. Yes, but think about that statement. I know. know. Once you get over the shock. Because what could you have done so bad that your blackmail... Like, what could you do in life where you're like, oh, no, I have to rape a four year old so that I don't get caught for this thing? Yeah. What could you have possibly done? I don't know. Nobody knows. And did the person do it? Yes. And so even if you go on Reddit, everyone's just like, what could you possibly done in life? Like, what could he possibly have on you? And so a lot of people think it probably has to do with like leaking, doxing you, like leaking your information. And, you know, you probably did something to the pedo community and they're going to come after you or some shit like that. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I can't imagine like one thing. So Matthew Falder himself, he had blackmailed over 50 victims. So he has 50 victims. And at least I believe um, 10 of them have tried to take their own lives since this has happened because they just they don't know how to cope they don't know what to do and the way that Matthew Falder was caught is absolutely insane so the FBI actually came across his profile on these pedo websites first so the FBI sends this information to the UK because they believe Matthew Falder is from the UK which he is and they send it to the NCA which is the National Crime Agency of the UK which is kind of like our FBI right Mm -hmm. so they send it there and then they get the UK GCHQ involved which is Government Communications Headquarters involved and then with the fbi the uk gchq the uk nca the u.s homeland security department the australian federal department the europol israeli and slovenian police and then finally they caught him they, they had to work all of these agencies. God damn. You don't know how. They just track him down. They had to track him down. And that's how crazy that the dark web is. It's nearly impossible. And do you know what happened? They finally, finally traced him down and they arrested him. And that was about it. It took 30 minutes for the judge to read off all of his charges. 30 minutes. Like imagine being arrested and they're like, so this is what you're being arrested for. And they just fucking talk for 30 minutes about what you're being arrested for. They're just reading the charges to you. It took the judge 30 minutes to read his charges. Do you know how many charges that is? That's a lot of freaking charges. So, I mean, with all of these agencies, it seems like they were what they typically do in most of these situations that I've seen so far and researched is that they will get your the way that you talk, the way that you post things, because it's really difficult to get your IP address through the dark web. Nearly impossible. Right. Mm -hmm. So they'll look for defining characteristics. If you post a photo or if you post a video, um, so long as you did everything correctly, you could totally go on the dark web and your IP address is just like out there for everyone to see. Right. Mm-hmm. But most of these people, they know how to do it well. Mm-hmm. So once they get those photos or those videos, then they mm-hmm. look for identity, like identifying factors, what country you could live in. Mm-hmm. And then from there, they look at like house styles, you know, all of these different things. A lot of people get caught by like identifying small moles on their body that were like briefly shown a lot of the times it's like looking at the interior of a car like even just a snippet of a trunk and they're like this is this car and then they look into that so it was like all of that involved and they finally catch matthew falder and after the judge and the police read off his charges he just jokes and he says sounds like a rap sheet from hell (laughs) what 
So that was in October 16th of 2017. That's so 2017. Crazy. He pled guilty to 137 offenses against 46 different victims. 46 different humans who are probably now still suffering. And How they sentenced he? him. He's at 29. He's only 29? He's 29, yeah. And they sentenced him to a grand total of 32 years in prison. What? Because he's a non-contact offender. So because he never done it himself. Yeah. So with pedophilia, there's two different types of offenders. There's the ones who just possess CP, who look at CP, who distribute CP. And those are known as non-contact offenders. And then there's the ones who produce CP or just like to rape kids. And those are contact offenders. So he got a massive 32 years in prison. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. And those all those agencies that I listed, it took them four years to trace him down. Four years. I mean, obviously, it wasn't like the FBI was just on his ass the whole time because, again, he is a non-contact offender. So with these types of cases, they prioritize, hey, can we save a kid first right now? Like, is there a kid in danger? They're going to prioritize those cases first. And then they're going to go to distributors. Right. And so it took four years to catch him. And then later he appealed his sentence. And they reduced his sentence to 25 years. (sighs) I don't understand. I don't understand either. So, with this situation, I guess what a lot of people are saying is that this is the standard that they are giving people who distribute CP. And so, just because you have a horrendous case of it doesn't mean you can just be like, "Uh, well, you're getting 32 years. I think that's why they reduced it. That's what everyone on Reddit is saying. I mean, this happened in the UK. I don't know why they did that, to be honest. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, these charges make zero sense. But do you want to know what's even crazier? That all of the government officials in the UK and a lot of press said this is going to show pedophiles that there are consequences for their crimes because this is what actually, consequences? this is actually considered a really long prison sentence for a pedophile, a blackmailing, raping, encouraging pedophile. This is a really long sentence. They said this is setting a precedent to pedophiles. Everywhere. I feel like that's showing them, hey, you're good. 20 years. Yeah, you're out. You're, You're still old enough to know how to use the internet or yeah. young enough to know how to use the internet and you'll yeah. be right back. It's nuts. I know this is probably not the right time to talk about it, but you want to know what else is nuts? <laughs> What's nuts? <laughs> You're nuts. It's Jingle Bell time, guys. Jingle Bells. Jingle Bells. Are you manscaped? all the way <laughs> okay sorry i'm gonna tell you guys about the best present that you can give this holiday season it's called manscape listen this company offers precision engineered tools for your man's family jewels <laughs> okay so christmas came early this year because i got gifted the new performance package by manscaped and i gave it to my fiance and tell them honey you like it or what it's just really advanced stuff (laughs) (laughs) think about grooming below the waist so it comes with all of the tools to clean up his delicate places so this package also includes the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer which is waterproof and it uses 9000 rpm motor powered 360 degree rotary dual blade system is that not nuts and it also has proprietary skin safe technology which helps prevent snicks snags tugs you'll also find the most popular electric trimmer and it's called the 
lawnmower 3.0 that also has proprietary advanced skin safe technology so that the trimmer reduces cuts but wait there's a lot more they also have the crop preserver and the crop reviver to help reduce sweat smell and stickiness if you know what i'm talking about (laughs) did i mention that we also got a new pair of sexy boxers to keep his junk smelling fresh all day guys it's no longer junk it's treasure (laughs) so if you guys are a guy listening to this make this the number one thing on your wish list and get 20% off and free shipping with the code rotten at manscaped.com that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com use code rotten so Matthew Fodler gets arrested so these are the types of people that are posting on websites like hurt to core and hurt core right now who created hurt core right and this is going to come into play with Daisy's destruction because the creator of Hurtcore decides to leak Daisy's destruction, the one that was behind a paywall that people had to pay $10,000 for for free on Hurtcore for Hurtcore members. It's kind of nuts. So his name is also Matthew. His name is Matthew D. Graham, Matthew David Graham. And he was known as the king of Hurtcore. Now, what's crazy is that he did not look like the king of Hurtcore. When you imagine the king of Hurtcore, who do you imagine? Do you imagine like the nastiest villain that you've ever seen online? Like just an evil looking, mean mugging person. But Mm -hmm. he's actually a Melbourne student in Australia who has lots of pimples. He, um, yeah. Another young kid? Yeah, another young kid. Why are all 21. He was 21. Isn't that like Anthroom too? Yeah. You know what this reminds me of? That Black Mirror episode. Do you remember that one? No. Oh my God. That one traumatized me of that young boy who's like works as a waiter and he's so nice and he's like so nice to kids. And then you're just like, what's, I don't understand what's so creepy about this episode. And then later you find out it's creepy because he watches CP. Okay. So, so this guy, it's, He's only 21? He's 21. When did he fucking start this? Oh, it all starts with Anonymous, the hackers. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, so he's like, it looks like his main issue. If I were to just look at Matthew Graham, I would say, oh, his probably biggest struggle in life is cystic acne like he had acne like he just kind of seemed nerdy little pimply you know he was living with his parents in this little suburban area super suburban area right mm-hmm. and he was studying nanotechnology in college and it was really ironic because when matthew was 17 years old he was visiting websites like 4chan so 4chan is kind of like reddit right i know 4chan gets a really bad rep because everyone's like oh my god all this crazy shit happens on 4chan right Mm -hmm. but it's actually just created to be a freedom of speech platform they don't really monitor anything they don't really delete anything and so he's browsing through 4chan and during this time when he was 17 years old this was in 2011 anonymous the hacktivist group they made an attempt to shut down child child pornography on the dark web for good now this was a highly applauded attempt because i mean the fbi can't even do that right so how are you expecting some hacktivists to do it but they freaking did pretty good so it was hashtag operation darknet (laughs) and they were they were calling out they said hacktivists all across the world like we need your help hacktivist is a hacking activist yeah uh uh-huh and they said we're gonna target child porn sites and host and we're gonna deny them service and we're gonna spam them with attacks right Uh and they took down one of the biggest child porn rings at the time called lolita city it was on the dark web i think that one had like i said fifteen thousand hits a day um so they shut that shit down they shut down lolita city 
the FBI couldn't even shut down Lolita City, from what I know. I don't know if they made a full fruited attempt, you know, because uh-huh. technically the FBI does shut them down, but they also try to get everyone's information first. Mm-hmm. But they shut down Lolita City, which is crazy. Uh-huh. And so many people who were into like hacking, who were into anonymous back then, because I know like right now they're more mainstream and people are talking about them on TikTok. But mm-hmm. back then it was really like lots of computer people who were into anonymous. Like it wasn't like your mainstream people. Right. And so he was really into that so he was visiting all these 4chan websites who were keeping up with updates they were like oh my god anonymous just hacked the servers of this this child porn site this website this website and so this 17 year old matthew graham he was like oh my god i want to go see this like i want to go see who they're hacking and prior to this he said that he had never experienced any attraction towards children right so no. it goes he goes onto the dark web and he looks at one of the websites that they were in the process of hacking and he ccp and he realized that he is a disgusting shit human being and he's attracted to children so ironically it all started with anonymous's hacktivist attempt to shut down child pornography what? so he said at first he felt ashamed But once he started joining these pedo communities, it made him feel truly comfortable with his attractions. I want to punch him in the face. I'm sorry. And so he went by the name Lux. That's what he called himself. Everyone knew him as Lux. And he was kind of a prominent figure in the pedo world. Yeah, he was a prominent figure. So in 2012, he starts Hurt to Core, Hurt to the Core. He has multiple Hurt Core websites. That's why he's called the King of Hurt Core. But his most famous one was called Hurt to the Core. And that's when he starts developing connections with Peter Scully. I believe Peter Scully was part of the producer's lounge mm-hmm. of Hurt to the Core. And he did not post Daisy's destruction. Peter Scully himself did not post Daisy's discru- discru- destruction on Hurt to the Core. It seems like that was all Matthew Graham's doing, right? And this was all a conditional membership. Like I said, they had to upload a certain number of videos to enter the producer's lounge, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And he also started what was known on the dark web as the pedo empire. This was going to be one of the one of the many, but one of the dark web's most complex pedo networks. What does that mean? That means a network of different servers, of different websites, of forums, of just everyone who are pedos, just a network of why does he want it? So so he started off of just like, oh, I'm attracted to this. And then he wants to run a huge empire. Yeah, which is crazy because, you know, we've talked about the Silk Road on YouTube before, which is a dark web empire where they sold drugs. It was a billion dollar website. Like they made billions of dollars, the creator, right? Mm-hmm. Matthew made zero dollars from this entire operation. And so the police and psychologists conclude he did this to feel powerful. Ah, uh, I see. You know? So he's finding... Yeah. Finding a place. And he was also a um, non-contact offender. So he was running this entire pedo network out of his parents' home. Nobody had any idea. His parents had no idea. His siblings had no idea. They just thought he was kind of like going through it because he would skip class a lot to just like be on his computer. And they thought he was either gaming or like talking to girls or just like reading stuff. Like nobody is like when you're in your room on your computer, your parents don't just walk by like, I wonder if they're starting a pedophile organization. They're probably like, what are they doing on TikTok all day? Right. And so the parents expect like they suspected absolutely nothing. And it got so big that his collective pedo M empire that they called it got about 400,000 hits a day that's 
That's insane. Yeah, hundred thousand pedophiles. Yeah. That was daily. at like the height, and it was a global network. I guess CP has no language, so like. It just there were people from the U.S., Jesus. Germany, Brazil. Those were like his main three places that he would get people. Yeah, U.S. Hello, we're there. Um, so he even taunted the FBI. So the FBI had taken down his servers at one point, and mm-hmm. then he brought them back up. So he had servers in Ireland, um, and then the FBI shut down those servers. Mm-hmm. Then he was able to get new servers because when you were oh my gosh, I didn't know this, but like making a website. Making Mm -hmm. servers for the dark web Mm -hmm. is no easy task. You know, you can't you can't just be like, I'm going to just use Squarespace. You know, like you can't do that. Like you got to it's it's a whole operation. And the FBI and all these agencies are looking out for you and trying to shut you down. Like it takes a lot of skill and a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of effort. And he got his empire back and running. And he even taunted the FBI. And he said, listen, if you want a tell all book from me, you got to give me Bitcoin and immunity. But also to all the law enforcement reading this right now, fuck you, the empire still up (laughs) and what's even crazier is that Matthew kind of phrased things so he did interviews with journalists later on and it's crazy because he phrased it in such a weird way like this again goes back to the just the general foundation of why do pedophiles brainwash their own brains so like I said about like quote mainstream pedophiles they keep saying like oh well like this is what the kid wants like they trick themselves almost you know they manipulate their own brains to believe this and Matthew does a variation of it instead of addressing the fact that he is scum he says that this is freedom of speech he is taking one for the team for the first amendment right is that the first amendment right? he's yeah. American no I don't know what he is but freedom of speech exists wherever he lives he's um huh. He's Australian, Melbourne. Yeah. Okay. And so he said, this is all for freedom of speech. If any, this is his quote. Well, he's from the same place as uh, Peter Scully. Yeah. I don't know if they physically knew each other. Oh, but yeah. they are both from that city. Okay. Yeah. Got it. And so, um, wait, he said, yeah, this website is freedom of speech. Yeah. He Torturing says, people is freedom of speech. He says it's freedom of speech. This is his direct quote. And I quote, ready? If anyone had ever done such a thing to any of the kids I know, I would put a bullet in their heads. Given that, I still think that people who have interest in such things should have a place to voice their opinions and desires. I don't understand. He doesn't like people doing that. He said he would be pissed if anyone did it to the kids he knows. Like his brother or Uh his neighbor. Uh Uh-huh. But. So, okay, cool. Then you're the one that did something to my kid. Then can I put a bullet to your head? Exactly. I don't, <laughs> right? yeah. Like, what the fuck yeah. is that logic? Yeah, that logic is all sorts of weird. It's like saying, you can go kill people. Just don't kill anyone I care about. Yeah. And let me so help he you So he said it with his full chest. Yeah, he said it with his chest, dude. Yeah, so he's trying to, like, market himself as not a pedophile, but more of a, a champion of free speech. Oh, so he's saying that he's just doing it for the people. Yeah, like, he's like, nah, I'm just providing a place for the people to, like practice their freedom of speech and everyone's like and uh, he deserved praise for that yeah and he also didn't make any money from it right but um you know maybe if you're one of like the one person out there that's like you know what yeah i will fight for freedom of speech to the death so maybe i can see that we are not going to understand him after this these were screenshots that were released of that website hurt to the core 
No, oh, no CP, no, 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 no CP, no. no, 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 no CP release. Don't worry, don't worry. No CP, but these were some of the, you know how like websites have like little description, little sections that you can click on and then it leads you to like another page. Uh-huh. So one of them, it's like a tab. Mm-hmm. Child sex and prostitution. Where and how to find kids to have sex with. This had 315 posts and 58 subtopics. Once you click on that, there would be 58 more topics. Where to find kids? Yeah. The next tab, links, guides, and security. How to keep safe and well-informed in the pedophile world. So like how not to get caught by the FBI. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that one had 271 posts and 66 topics. Pictures of delicious little boys. That one had 1,214 posts and 106 topics. Pictures of yummy little girls. 3,339 posts, 477 topics. Adult. 18 plus victims includes gore and torture. 91 posts, 9 topics. This was one of his many websites. And this was not including the producer's lounge. Now, like I said, um, pedos hated him. So there's that. <laughs> so. <laughs> what, the, what kind of statement is that? I don't even know. Like, Lots of people bring it up as if like that's supposed to be like, wow, I guess those pedos are on to something. <laughs> like yeah. I was like, getting so frustrated. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It doesn't. Okay. This is like when someone who has done such shitty shit does the bare minimum and everyone does my respect and then does the up arrow. And then you're just like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That person literally <laughs> ran Everybody's over. Like, my respect for the mainstream pedo just went up. Like, yes. what? Yes. <laughs> yes. It drives me nuts and I'm just like, you don't have to, yeah I, you, your opinion you can is, agree with that one statement they made yeah. without respecting this person who has done so many disrespectful I, things I, I i don't need to know regular yeah. pedo's opinion on this yeah. like, thank you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're a pedophile you should go to yeah. hell like that's, like, imagine, like that's exactly what it reminded me of because so many people kept bringing it up in articles so matthew graham the leader of hurt to court the founder he decided to leak daisy's destruction onto his website for the sake of freedom he thought that this video this hour-long feature film of three victims being brutally assaulted should be free so he leaked it onto his website so that was the big first offense that he did the second thing was he encouraged offense like really bad like the fbi is looking at this like oh you done fucked so So what he's doing before wasn't bad it was bad but this is like Oh shit. What Dad. does that mean? Like this he, put him and uh-huh. Peter Scully on the radar. Because this film is so bad compared to all the oh, other yeah. previous content. Yeah. So him being the one releasing it, now he became a like, yeah. like, like a, a top main target. List. I see. Like top of the list. Like he might have been like maybe second tier of the FBI, like we're working on so much shit and then yeah. we'll get to you. And this put him at the top. This was like you're fucked, dude. Wait, so Peter was charging money for this. Yes. But he released it. Is Peter pissed? Or? Seems like it. But we don't really know. You know, I don't know how pedo friends work. I don't know if pedos have friends. 
I don't know pedos like that. Okay, okay. Yeah. So it seems like I'm sure Pe- Peter was pissed. I'm sure Peter, if he wasn't pissed for the release of it, I'm sure he was pissed because this put him on FBI radar. This, mm. I mean, this is going to, everything's going to go to hell at this point, which we're very happy about, but everything's going to go to hell. And then the next thing that he did was he encouraged a Russian man from Russia. He gave advice, not even just encouraged, but gave advice, a step two, a step-by-step guide on how to rape, kidnap, and murder a five-year-old girl. We don't know if the Russian man did it or not because it happened in Russia. We don't know if it could be related to any other five-year-olds who this might have happened to at the time in Russia. There's no saying. Like, people couldn't trace it down. And then he encouraged a man from the United Kingdom to abuse a disabled child in his care. So he was a caretaker for a disabled child, and he gave him advice on how to abuse that kid and not get caught. And then he helped a very famous pedophile who was 27 years old evade police detection for quite some time. Um, This guy from 2010 to 2014, four years, he was watching over his niece. I guess he was like babysitting his niece all the time, who Uh was around the age of like six to nine years old during all of this while this was happening. And he made videos frequently raping her and abusing her. His niece... Now, his name was never released because obviously then it would be so easy to trace the victim because they're blood relatives. Uh So he's in prison, right? And he also had ties. Matthew Graham also had ties to a guy by the name of Shannon McCool. You guys may have heard of him, right? He was another Australian. He was from Adelaide, and he is known as Adelaide's scariest pedophile. So he was active in his pedophilia from, well, I don't like saying that because it's kind of like saying like an active serial killer. So it means like he's actively committing vicious crimes, right? But he's probably been a pedophile for a lot longer. Mm -hmm. But he was active during 2011 and 2014. So he worked for, he worked for a, a child daycare center, and he was assaulting youth. And his youngest victim was 18 months old. He targeted disabled kids and vulnerable kids. He actively sought out child take like child caretaker positions. So he would assault them. He would exploit them. He started his own global distribution network in the dark web. So you've got Hurtcore and you've got the king of Hurtcore and he's got the pedo empire, right? And then you have Shannon McCool, who he's friends with, who created the global distribution of the Love Zone, TLZ. I don't know if he took it over. I don't know if he like started it, but it seems like he was a prominent member of TLZ, which is called the Love Zone. And that one had 45,000 members. What do they do? They have just a host of websites that just post images and videos. And Shannon had a website that had just on that one website, 50,000 photos of kids being abused. This is not 50,000 kids, like pictures of them. Like, oh, I just took a stock photo of like a Disney kid and like posted on that. I'm talking abused. They're being abused. 50,000 pictures. And he would coach people on how to abuse children. He would coach people like a fucking life coach. He would life coach pedophiles on how to be pedophiles. I don't understand. The judge actually called him the worldwide evil 
because he just he would talk to anyone from around the world and he would encourage them to assault children now the way that he was caught is really interesting so the way that he was caught was because he would go onto all these forums he would go onto all these websites that the fbi was monitoring all these law enforcement agencies they're monitoring there's literally organizations that are just trying to stop these child sex rings online and they're monitoring it and he had this particular way of saying hiya like you know how when you say hello Mm -hmm. or hey Mm -hmm. hi he would say hiyas h-i-y-a-s if you're young you're like hi yas um hiyas it's like a really weird greeting, right? And That's so it's not a regular saying, right? It's he, kind of like a I guess it's like a So people do use it. Like an old lady saying. Oh. That's what the FBI said. Like when they were researching into it and like all the other law enforcement agencies, all they could find were like a bunch of old ladies on Facebook saying like hi is what's poppin', you know? Not oh. what's poppin', but like hi is everyone. And oh. so they're like, That's so weird. And they went on to the, these basketball forums. So they're just literally browsing for the word hi is because, you know, government agencies can do that. They can search the internet just for those specific specific words they're drawing connections yes and they found a dude in adelaide who kept writing hias also on like a basketball forum like on the surface web so like he's like talking to like about like basketball and he's like hi does anybody know about this you know basketball game coming up Uh and so they're like what the fork and they also found that once they traced that to like a facebook profile they found like connections with pictures that were being uploaded with the people who were saying hi on the dark web so they were like oh my god this is it and they found out it was the house of shannon mccool now when they go to shannon mccool's house to arrest him he was at that moment online and running his dark web website which is the best thing ever because you'll find out that a lot of child pornographers they will not give up their passwords for their and it's really hard for the fbi to break in and so he was already online and this is the story of how law enforcement agencies ended up running a pedophile ring because they were trying to get other names so they started taking over for shannon mccool while he was being interrogated so they were like talking to the rest of the people like what's poppin like where you at you know uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And so when they raided his house, they found 53,000 images of abused children. Uh-huh. Many of him was his own abuse towards the children under his care. So he would assault uh-huh. kids and he would take pictures of it. Uh-huh. It was really bad. 53,000 images. Yeah. And the police ended up taking over his website to trace down other people. He, they, it's crazy. They ended up getting to Britain's worst pedophile through this. You're going to die. So this dude is not the worst pedophile. No, it gets worse. And then we're going to go back to Peter Scully, who just might be the worst. I told my sister I loved her the other day and she cried. And I'm just like, wow, you're really emotional. And she says, that's what happens when you're pregnant. And that was another reason I was like, you know, I can't be pregnant anytime soon. For me, the timing is not right now. But I've always been concerned. Everyone's like, oh, my God, Stephanie, but you're, you just turned 25. You need to have a kid right now. That's what my mom tells me every single day, even though she had me when she was 35. And I'm like, what makes you think that? And so I decided to get answers because I don't like this uncertainty about fertility. Because did you know that a simple finger prick can 
unlock tons of insight into your reproductive health. I'm talking about egg count, menopause timing, if your hormone levels indicate conditions like, I don't know, thyroid disorders or PCOS. All these things are really good to know whether or not kids are in your future. I mean, there's so much to me that I felt like fertility was like a complete mystery until I got my modern fertility hormone test. And it's amazing. You can do this at the comfort of your home. Think of your fertility hormones as tiny little detectives. They can bring you tons of insight into your egg count, reproductive timeline, and even possible outcomes for egg freezing and IVF. So pretty much everything you need to know to get proactive about your fertility. Knowledge is power. Why is fertility still a let's just wait and see type of situation? That is not okay. That's why I highly recommend Modern Fertility. It's easy and it's affordable and you can do it at home with a simple finger prick. Mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. So with traditional testing with your doctor, that can cost over $1,000. But Modern Fertility only costs $159 to get that same exact information. And if you go to modernfertility.com rotten, you can get $20 off your test. Also, if you have an HSA or an FSA, you can use those dollars on Modern Fertility. Right now, now, they're offering you guys $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com rotten. That means your test is only going to cost $139 instead of the hundreds or thousands of dollars it could cost at a doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com rotten. That's what? Modernfertility.com rotten. So we went from Peter to Matthew. Then we got Matthew number two, the creator of Hurtcore. Then we got Shannon. Now, Shannon is leading us to Britain's worst pedophile. By the way, um, just so we don't have to come back to Shannon, in 2015, he was sentenced to 35 years in prison with the possibility of parole in 28 years. Wait, 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 wait. He's not a second contact, whatever. He's I know. a direct yeah. contact. Yep. They gave him 35 years with parole I could go on about it. I could literally talk your ear off for the next two years about how I think it's so unfair. That's nuts. Okay. And about some crazy cases. It's insane. And so actually, though, the only good thing that did come out of it is that they were actively able to save 85 different kids internationally that were being held and used for child pornography. Now, who is Britain's worst pedophile? His name is Richard Huckle. And I'm just going to start off with Richard Huckle because the FBI and all of these law enforcement agencies, well, I don't think the FBI was at the center of this one but um all these law enforcement agencies they were pretending to be shannon and mm -hmm. the one person that stood out to them was this dude and it was because of the sheer number of children that he kept posting about that he abused and his attitude and it wasn't like this fake grandiose like I i'm the biggest baddest bitch out there right like it wasn't like that it seemed really genuine and so they put all of their efforts to track him down and mm -hmm. his name is richard huckle so a little bit of background on richard he was born in a middle-class family. He was um, described as a bit of a loner, nothing really extraordinary in the sense of like, he wasn't like an extraordinary loner, like an outcast, but mm -hmm. he also wasn't like popular or cool or like nothing about him really stood out to people. Mm -hmm. And so in 2005 and 2006, he decided to spend a gap year in Malaysia and he ended up absolutely loving it, okay? So he grew up in a religious household and I'm not going to tell you the religion because a lot of people have been trying to cover up the religion because I think that church and ended up getting so much hate for no reason mm. you know because he ended up using that religion as a tool to get access to children um but oh, that has nothing man. to do with the church you know it wasn't yeah. like the the religion or that organized religion was like you should yeah. do this right and so he would 
he was a religious person. I don't know if he was or if that was a tool for him, but he went to church a lot and he would go to Malaysia and he would help out at these local churches and these communities. And he was able to blend in because he knew exactly what they were talking about and their faith and everything like that. He even got what's called a CELTA. So it's a certificate in English language teaching to adults. So he would use this to go to Malaysia and try to teach people English. He also was a freelance photographer. Now, he was obsessed with Southeast Asia. He was obsessed with Malaysia, Singapore, Laos, and India. And he would love to go there and volunteer at orphanages. Gee, I fucking wonder why. It's going to make you so mad soon, okay? Just hold on. So in India, he actually persuaded a pastor to give him access to an orphanage pretending to be an English teacher. And he said, listen, I am this amazing religious person. You're religious, you know, pastor. I'm religious and we have the same faith. And I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just like coming from the UK. I'm really good at English. I'm from like an English speaking country. And I want to teach your orphans English mm-hmm. for free. Because my faith says I should do this. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, these people were like, oh, my God, like, this is a godsend. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And they would let him teach the kids English. And he would then abuse these orphans, take photos of them, take videos while abusing them. He would, for nine years, assault babies, toddlers, and early teenagers. It seems like 12 was his cutoff where he was like, oh, 13, too old for me. And so anywhere from infants to, I believe, he started at six months to 12 years old, he would assault them. He would film them and he would share them online with people like Shannon. Just at that orphanage for nine whole years? Yeah, different orphanages. He would just skip around Southeast Asia. But it seemed like primarily most of his victims were in Malaysia. And this is going to cause a lot of pain in Malaysia. And so he goes back to the UK for Christmas in 2014. Uh And he had told Shannon that. He had told Shannon that. And so the police find that out, right? So the police arrest him at the airport when he arrives, December 19th, 2014. Wait, 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 wait. wait. He told Shannon exactly what time and all that shit? No, that he was coming. Oh, okay. Yeah, and somehow they just like found out that it was going to be Richard Huckle because he had spent so much time in Southeast Asia and a lot of the photos and pictures you could tell that the victims were Southeast Asian, you know? Uh And so they were like, it's fucking him. And I believe there was speculation in Malaysia that he was a child abuser at one point, but they didn't have enough evidence. So with all of that, they were working together and they were like, we think that this is the dude. Uh So they arrest him when he comes to the airport, December 19th, 2014, which is crazy because that's six years ago. This sounds like something that happened a bajillion years ago, but it's happening six years ago and happening today. And so once he gets to the airport, all of his electronics get seized, right? And now the police at this point, they don't have anything. They have no evidence. They have no evidence that this dude Uh, even has contact with, you know, what's the dude? Shannon. Yes. So he says, listen, the judge says we have to grant you bail, but you have to agree and sign these papers and say that you can only be with your parents in the UK. You cannot leave the United Kingdom until we're done with their investigation. Wait, this is kind of dumb. Then. Yeah, they have no evidence, and but now- they kept his evidence, so they're just trying to get into his oh, computer. Hack it, yeah, got so it. he can't wipe it, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's like, "Okay, sounds good." Now, once he gets to his mom's house, his mom's like, "The fuck you doing, kids? Like, what's going on?" Uh-huh. And so his mom confronts him, and he admits to raping kids. He admits to it. He's like, yeah, so when I was in Asia, I raped these kids. What do I do? Should I get a lawyer? And so his mom and his dad look at him. They uh-huh. pick up the phone. They call the police. And they said, you better fucking take him back because we don't want him anymore. And they never talked to him ever again. 
finally some criminals parents i could stand behind i'm like yes yeah they were like nope not in my house but like imagine the earth shattering feeling Uh because like you raise this person as like that's your kid and now your kid is a full-grown adult and they're abusing kids like what And so he was charged with 91 different charges, which took one hour to read in court. Some of these charges are specific. He made a book, like a manual. It wasn't like a book. It wasn't like a published book, but it was like a pedo manual like the other ones did. Why do all of them like to do that, right? (sighs) It's just so annoying. I feel like they're on like this weird high horse where they want to like mentor new pedos. Yeah, they feel like they're so seasoned. Yeah, but like why would you want that? Like, why would you even want to be? The ego is getting big, too. This is the. I believe everyone needs a community that they feel belong to. But (laughs) I feel like this community is making them feel like it's okay and it's not okay. Right, right, right. You know? And so he made a manual. This one's going to piss you off. And it broke so many hearts in Malaysia. It was released? No, the name was released. Just the name Pedophiles and Poverty. The Child Lover Guide. So he liked to target Southeast Asian communities that were underfunded, that were Mm -hmm. impoverished. Mm -hmm. And he wrote a manual on how other people can do it because it's easier to be a pedophile in a poverty-stricken area. That's disgusting. Yeah. He also um, started a crowdfunding website so that he could raise money to travel throughout Southeast Asia to keep raping kids. And he did raise some money. On the dark web, though. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. Um, there was videos and photos of him assaulting lots of victims. One of them was really young and was wearing a diaper at the time. Oh, man. There were quotes that he had left on the dark web. This is a direct quote. I just hit the jackpot. A three-year-old girl as loyal to me as my dog and nobody seems to care. And that's what grooming does. Like when you're three, that's what grooming is. Like these three-year-olds, yeah, a lot of them are going to cry and they're going to refuse. But also a lot of them have been groomed to feel like, oh, no, this is what adults and kids do. Like this is how adults show love. Every kid is experiencing this if they have a loving adult nearby. That's how they think. He also wrote, this is so heartbreaking. Impoverished kids are definitely easier to seduce than middle class kids. So like he's like, yeah, let's go for the vulnerable. Mm -hmm. He said that his dream, he posted this on the dark web. His dream is to open up a foster care system to cycle kids in and out and make pedophilia his full time job. So he could just sell those pictures. How old is this guy? He's 30, I believe. So they're all really young. What the fuck? Yeah. So that's what I heard is that like when you think regular pedophilia, you're thinking like these old dudes. But these days, it's a lot of 20 and 30 year olds that are really good at technology. It's like our age. Yeah. Fucking crazy. First of all, I'm 25. Thank you. But sure. I agree. I'm kidding. Yeah. I know. I know what you're saying. Yeah. That's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy to me because like. I feel like at this age, you're thinking about like, oh, should I have a kid soon? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then these people are like, should I date a kid? Like, what are you talking about, dude? Yeah. And so um, he also would go onto these websites and he would award himself points. 
Like, I don't know why. Like, he would always, like, write things when he would post pictures, I guess, like a fucking blog. And he would award himself points. So some things that would gain him points is that he admitted to raping four girls from the same family. And that gave him extra pedo points. Now, if he had raped the same kid in the same week, then he gets no points because why didn't he get someone new? He's like, why didn't I just mentally and physically and sexually abuse someone else and go back to another victim? So far, the police could only prove him to have 29 victims. They found 20,000 photos and videos in his possession, and they believe that's only a tiny percentage of his footage because up to today, he refuses to let anyone into his computer and they could not get into his computer. The law enforcement agencies, they have his computer. They could not get into it. What? They couldn't get into it. That's nuts. Yeah. They could not get into it. It's kind of crazy. Wow. Um, but law enforcement agencies believe that it's up to 200 victims across Southeast Asia. 200 kids were sexually abused by Richard. Um, they believe that because he had a notebook in his possession where he wrote down all the victims and he rated each victim based on how much abuse he gave them. So, I mean, they can't take his word for it, mm -hmm. but they can only take the proof that they have, which is 29 different victims in the 20,000 photos and videos. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's bad. That's crazy. So at sentencing, this is Richard Huckle's direct quote. Because, you know, people were like, we need to give him a lot of time. And he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You need to give who a lot of time? Me a lot of time? No way. And so this is what he said to the judge. He said it with his full chest. He looked at the judge and he said this. I really understand and acknowledge the true scale of damage it caused the Malaysian community. I had hoped to escape this mundane life in, of solitude in the United Kingdom, yet I was so overwhelmed by the attention I received in Malaysia. I completely misjudged the affections I received from those children. My low self-esteem and lack of confidence with women was no excuse for me to use these children as an outlet. I am open and eager to rehabilitate from this offending behavior. I don't want to become a martyr to sex tourism in Malaysia. This was all my doing as a consequence of my immaturity. And I'm truly remorseful. Just <laughs> for that, they need to add like 50 more years. I know. Like, what the fuck are you First talking about? First of all, about? I completely misjudged the affections I received from these children. Exactly. Healthy, happy children are affectionate because they're not traumatized. You think he's bullshitting or he truly believes it? See, that's what I don't know. You know, I I almost lost my marbles today, like trying to research the psychology behind these sick people. And there's like not even it's crazy to me that I can understand a little bit of the psychology of someone who has like yeah. paranoid schizophrenia and goes on to like murder people. I'm like, I don't agree with it. Holy shit. But like, OK, like I can see what happened. Yeah. But like this, I'm like, what are you talking about? And all of them have this like weird attitude of like, well, guys, you guys are overreacting. It's not that serious. It's just the weirdest thing. Yeah. So um, in the UK, they decided to give him life in prison. However, he can be paroled in 23 years, which he probably will be. Malaysia, they put out statements. A lot of the press and a lot of Malaysians, they just stood by the phrasing. A thousand years is not enough. The yeah. judge said this was a campaign of rape through Southeast Asia. 
So October thirteenth, two thousand and nineteen. Two thousand nineteen. Well, he was sentenced in two thousand and fifteen or something,、uh-huh. but in two thousand and nineteen, a couple months ago, like a year ago. Yeah. Richard Huckel was thirty-three years old, and he、oh. was found strangled and stabbed in his prison cell. Cellmate killed him. Let me tell you what happened. So Paul Fitzgerald. Oh yeah, Paul Fitzgerald, twenty-nine years old. He's in prison. Okay,、uh-huh. November twenty-third of twenty-twenty, like literally a couple weeks ago, was his trial for killing Richard Huckel, and he、what? was yeah, he was found guilty. Now what happened, right? So this, the judge said, was one of the most sadistic, prolonged, premeditated torture killings. It was an eighty-minute attack against the pedophile.、Uh-huh. It was designed to humiliate and degrade Richard Huckel.、Uh-huh. Richard, the pedophile, was tied up, gagged, strangled, raped. His jaw was broken. A kitchen utensil was shoved in his anus. <laughs> a pen with a blade attached to it was shoved into his brain via his nose. Wait, wait, but. But, but okay, before that,、yeah. this guy, who is he, and why is he in there, and what okay, happened? Exactly. So I'm like reading this, right? And right. I'm like, oh my god, Paul! Like, you know what? I don't know why you're in prison, Paul,、yeah. but I think I fucks with you. But like, why is he doing this? <laughs> Does he just hate pedophile, or he? <laughs> so then I I wanted to research it too because I'm like I really hope that he's like this, you know what do you call it Robin Robin Hood a Batman、uh-huh. a prison Batman <laughs> Batman in jail right type of situation, but、uh-huh. then um but then this is where Paul Fitzgerald completely lost me、uh-huh. because in trial he goes yeah I also wanted to eat and cook his body and I said oh Paul Paul <laughs> we were so close Paul you and I were so close to being pen pals Paul and he goes yeah I just got Carried away by how much fun I was having and what I was doing to him. Wait, so he's just crazy? Yeah, he's a violent sex offender. That's why he's in prison. So he's he has nothing to do with yeah that dude's a pedophile. He just wanted to do some crazy shit. Yeah, and then he was like, eh, this one seems like a good one, and he did it. And that's where I was like, Paul, 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 why, why, Paul?、What? We were so close, Paul. Yeah, that's right. Wait, can you read the, the the thing he did one more time? Yeah, that was a lot. He tied up,、uh-huh. gagged, strangled with an electrical cord. He raped him, broke his jaw. He shoved a kitchen utensil up his anus, and he shoved a pen with a blade attached to it into Richard Huckle's brain by shoving it so deep into his nostril that it penetrated his brain. Am I smiling while I'm talking about this? <laughs> What? <the laughs> yeah. Okay, and 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 he. I mean, what happened to him? Just life in prison forever. Okay. I think he already had life in prison. <laughs> <laughs> so like I don't. I, I think he already had life in prison. I like at one point、and、he had like held a police um like a what do you call it a prison guard hostage at one point like prior to this <laughs> or something. So I was like, Paul, what's going on? So. Yeah. And what is the social、um, reaction to what he did? It's it's kind of like me, like the people who didn't hear the rest of it. They were like, "Yeah, fuck yeah!" Whoever killed him, we're like, we're behind him. Let's 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 do like a change dot org, a petition <laughs> to get him out. And then the minute that we're like, he wanted to cook him, we're like, oh. <laughs> So he's not—he's not one of us. <laughs> he's one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We thought he was one of us for like a short period. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Turns out he's a little crazy. Okay. So, anyways, Richard Huckle dead. Okay. So back to Matthew Graham, the founder of Hurt to Core, right? So how does he get caught? How does the founder who releases Daisy's destruction because he gets caught too? Matthew, <laughs> he ended up flaunting. Yeah, he flexed on them haters. Fla- what? So he's on 4chan, right? Uh-huh. Which is like a anonymous website and he has an anonymous like username. It's not like Matthew D. Graham, right? Uh-huh. But he had decided to flex on someone and just like <clears throat> tell a random stranger on the internet that like, hey, you know the dark web? Mm-hmm. I'm Lux. And if you know the dark web, you know who Lux is. Mm-hmm. And the FBI was literally looking for anyone named Lux. And mm-hmm. they were like, oh, this fucker just said he was Lux. Mm-hmm. And let's trace his IP address. Mm-hmm. And because of that posting, they were able to trace his IP address mm-hmm. to his house. Now, what's crazy <laughs> is that the police force, they first believed it was his dad, a 50 year old mechanic. They were like, nah. That's it. He's creepy. He's fucking weird. He's a mechanic. He's old. He's seasoned. He's pedophile material, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're like, we're going to get this fucker. His family is going to be shook. His wife is going to be destroyed. His kids are going to be destroyed, right? Mm-hmm. And then one of the agents on the team realized, wait a second. Mm-hmm. I've been looking at everyone who lives in that house, right? Mm-hmm. And we think it's the dad. Mm-hmm. But this 21-year-old son, Matthew, I can't find him anywhere. I can't find a no online footprint no twitter no facebook Uh, nothing that's fucking weird yeah that's fucking weird why wouldn't he have anything and Uh so that's when they're like oh shit it might be him they also realize that he's a babysitter that's how he makes i mean he's living with his parents but that's how he makes his side money he babysits six local kids and they're all under 10 years old Oh, my God. And what we do know about pedophiles is that they tend to seek employment near children. So he was arrested. They also find out once Matthew is arrested that he was recently diagnosed with um, schizoid personality disorder, anxiety, depression. And he was, again, considered a non-contact offender. Now, once he gets interrogated by the police, he absolutely refuses to unlock his computer. That's fucking crazy, though. This dude was caught by one sentence on 4chan just like hey i'm lux yeah which is crazy to me because like i i feel like there's so many murder investigations that the fbi gets involved in and they do jack shit and then suddenly like one person says one sentence on 4chan and like we've got this global international search i mean i get it like different yeah there's probably there's like a whole group like a unit dedicated to searching these things yeah but it's just like why can't the whole FBI and all these people be that competent, you know? And so um, once he gets interrogated, he refuses to unlock his computer. He's like, I'm not doing it. No way, right? And he did unlock his phone because he firmly believed that there was nothing on his phone. Now, I don't know how this worked, but apparently there's like cached images. You wouldn't be able to go into his photo library and see these pictures, but Uh they were able to go into his cached little thing, right? And they found Uh three images, two of dead kids one oh. of a baby being stood on what mm-hmm. that was used on his hurt core website so if he hadn't unlocked his phone he probably would have been released that day because they would have no legal grounds really wow none of these people are my friend you know why would you want to be friends with these people but you know what else isn't my friend 
the drugstore is not my friend. Listen, I keep going to the drugstore and I keep going and I used to buy all these shampoos. I used to buy all these conditioners. I said, oh, this one says extra shine. Uh, this one says luxurious moisture. And I'm like, oh, that sounds good. That sounds like exactly what I was looking for. I put it in my hair. I wash it out. And I'm like, where is the luxury? Where is the moisture? Where is the shine? And you need to stop doing this. Why are you doing this to yourself? There is no one size fits all for your beauty routine. Each one of us is unique and function of beauty understands that. I'm kind of obsessed with my hair. It's like this thing. Can you tell them how does my hair look in person? She do be obsessed. No, no, no. No, no. How does my hair look? (laughs) It do be shiny. It do be shiny. (laughs) Function of beauty can make you fall in love with your hair. So it's pretty much the world leader in customizable beauty. They offer 100% custom solutions just for you. So here's how it works. I'm going to break it down. First, you take this quick quiz, but it's pretty thorough. And you tell them a little bit about your hair goals. What do you want? Moisture, shine, split end removal. And you can even choose the color and fragrance that you prefer. You can even choose no fragrance if it gives you a headache. Next, function of beauty's team they determine the right blend of ingredients and then they bottle your custom formula to your order and they come so cute you can even put like little stickers on there i love it my fiance uses function of beauty too so you can put your name on there you know exactly whose bottle is who if you share the shower and they deliver that personalized formula right to your door it's amazing they only use clean ingredients and all of their formulas are vegan and cruelty free they never use sulfates parabens or any other harmful ingredients there are over fifty thousand real five-star reviews so if you don't believe me trust the 50,000 people and function of beauty now offers this new skincare line i use their body lotion their body wash i'm about to start the skincare line i'm i'm really excited <laughs> go to functionofbeauty.com slash rotten to take your quiz and save 20 percent on your first hair care order that's functionofbeauty.com slash rotten and let them know that you heard about it from our show and use that code to get 20 percent off your hair care order that's functionofbeauty.com slash Rotten. So I really don't know where the bar stands for people, but uh, the police were like, wait, we need to get bigger stuff. Otherwise, we need to release him. Wait, so those three photos didn't do anything. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, uh-huh. it was like enough, but not enough. Like, okay. it was enough to put him in prison, but it wasn't enough to not get him bail. So he would have gotten bail. He would have been released and then he would have wiped everything. Mm. So then it would have just been like this shit show. Right. So they also found inside of his house, there was two hard drives, right? That weren't part of his computer. They sent one to Europol in Germany and then they sent the other one to the FBI in Washington, D.C. Uh-huh. And neither of them could unlock it. Are you kidding what? me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Neither of them could unlock it. And so finally, after just some uh, straight up old school interrogation and intimidation, he finally gave in and told the police his 64 random letter, character, symbol, number, password. 64 character? To his computer. Like just to open his computer. He memorized 64. And it was like, it wasn't a word. It wasn't like his address. It was like crazy yeah 64 i don't trust people with long ass computer 64 character password yeah 64 character and that's what it takes so sometimes you think you need some super fancy you know the the two layer you know what is it called verification verification google Google titan key yeah Yeah. all that all you need just remember a long ass (laughs) random words because then the fbi can't Figure it out. I would think there's some supercomputer just like... Right? That's what I thought too. What? But like maybe... I don't know. Maybe you don't have enough chances because then you could wipe the computer. 
Because it's like you can set those settings even on like a regular iPhone that after 10 passcode attempts, you're like done. So maybe that's why. I don't know. They couldn't get in, which is crazy. And so September 2015, 23-year-old Matthew Graham, Uh he pleads guilty and he gets 15 years and six months. Yep. And he's eligible for parole after 10 years. Yeah. The house that they used to live in was sold to new owners and they found in his closet that he had scribbled in parents should be afraid of having kids like us on the wall. Thankfully, though, using his network, um, they were able to rescue 30 children. What about all the other pedos? Yeah. Did they catch any of those? Not. I mean, they catch some, but not really. Oh my god! And then, like with sentencings like this, it's crazy. And then, like with I heard with CP, it's really hard because they try to pressure you to plead guilty. That's why they get such low sentences because the amount of money, the amount of trauma to get a jury to, I mean, do you show them the evidence? You know, Mm -hmm. like how does that work? Mm-hmm. So a lot of um, CP, you'll see a lot of them plead guilty and get pretty light sentences because no one's trying to do like a full-blown murder trial type situation. Because all of the evidence that they need to show the jury is CP, right? Yeah. So back to Peter Scully. So he creates Daisy's Destruction in 2012. Like I said, it's got three victims. You've got a 12-year-old, an 11-year-old, and the 18-month-old Daisy. You've got Peter Scully involved. You've got Angel, his Filipino girlfriend. You've got Lovely, his Filipino girlfriend, who are both abusing Daisy. Mm-hmm. Now, he also posted it to his website. So Peter Scully has his own website on the dark web, right? Mm-hmm. And it's called NLF. No Limits Fun is what it stands for. And a majority of his clients who pay $10,000 for Daisy's destruction resided in the U.S., Germany, and Brazil. Damn. So after Daisy's destruction gets leaked onto Hard to the Core by Matthew Graham, it mm-hmm. starts blowing up. I mean, this was getting leaked into chat rooms, forums, mainly Europe. I mean, it was kind of becoming the talk of the town, even on not dark web. So you've got dark web people watching it, being like, have you seen Daisy's Destruction? And then you've got people coming to like places like 4chan, Reddit, Facebook, being like, hey, I heard of like this crazy thing on the dark web. Nobody's saying go watch it, but they're just like saying like, this is the type of shit on the dark web. Like it almost became an urban legend it Mm -hmm. almost became like one of those things of like did you know if you go to the dark web there's something called the red room where like you see people murder people like it became like one of those things but it is a hundred percent real it's a true video that existed and so it first hits the radar of the dutch national child exploitation team right so the dutch police Uh And they pick this shit up. They're looking into it. Now they're realizing, oh, my God, this is not what we expected. Like they can only handle so much at this point. They don't know where this was filmed. They don't know who's involved. What are their nationalities and Uh where these kids are when it was filmed? They don't know anything. They don't know the fate of these children. They don't know if these children are still alive or being held captive. They need help. And so they they spread it to pretty much all the police departments. And this was a global search. I mean, anybody who was anybody 
anybody in any police force was like looking for them like all these government agencies okay well i don't want to say police force because like obviously like the lapd wasn't looking for them but i'm talking like federal agencies right they don't even know who they're looking for yeah so they're doing everything they can they can right Uh now as they're looking through the footage they're concluding that it was probably shot in the philippines they're looking at the kids so the kids they were not blurred or pixelated in any way so the Mm -hmm. two females were wearing masks you've got one male who had a pixelated face the kids they looked filipino Mm -hmm. so they're like okay this probably was filmed in the philippines because there's no reason for you to go to a country and then kidnap the kids and get on a flight like that's just causing more stir you probably do the crime where the kids are right and so they're like okay they're probably considered orphans like these kids you know 18 months is so young there's no mom who's gonna be like let me do this to my own 18 month old or there's not gonna be like someone who's like just take my kid right so they're like okay these kids these victims are probably orphans now in they suspected they weren't just orphans but they were considered street kids like i was talking about right just kind of left on the side of the street Mm -hmm. so the police start making up this theory they're like okay so it's made in the philippines the two masked women they're really tan we, they, we don't really get to see their face but they they have a fit body they seem young like they're kind of analyzing like the wrinkles of the body and all of that right yeah. and just by what they can see they think that they're in their late teens early 20s mm-hmm. they're also speaking in broken english right mm-hmm. and then the man who's not really in frame most of the time yeah. but the brief glimpses when he is in frame or when he's raping the 18 month old he's super pale Mm -hmm. super pale right and he's speaking fluent english it seemed like he did try to hide his accent a little bit Uh but it's fluent english so then this gets taken over by all the english speaking countries i'm talking Uh like the uk the usa and that's when australia was like oh shit that's our accent like that's us for sure Uh like that do be australian so they're like oh no bits so they're looking into anyone in their database like who could this be like why would they be in the philippines why would this australian man because you know if you're australian but you are born in the philippines you're probably not gonna have that australian accent still right And so they're like, why would they be there? And they're looking through all of their records and they're like, could it be Peter Scully? We were looking for him for all these fraud cases. We believed he was in Malaysia. They tied it honestly because like Malaysia and Philippines were very close to each other. Uh. So they're like, we thought he went to Malaysia. He tried to pimp out his Malaysian girlfriend Uh. and we haven't heard from him since. Okay. It seems like he has a tendency to love Asian women Uh He is not afraid to pimp them out and start escort services. So they started opening up tips and leads and they got hella tips and leads. About that dude? About just everyone. Everyone and their mom. Right. Mm -hmm. But it would still take them years. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So then there was the grave incident. So after Daisy's destruction was filmed, Peter decides to confront his two girlfriends, Angel and Lovely, and says, listen, I'm looking for an opportunity to change a kid's life. (laughs) Peter, Mm -hmm. you and I have very different definitions of changing a kid's life. Mm -hmm. He says, I'm looking to change a kid's life. Y'all know me. I'm a charitable man. And so I want you guys to go out into the street and find some street kids to be adopted by me. I'm not going to legally adopt them, of course, but I'm just going to let them live in this house and I'm going to feed them, provide them shelter, you know, just like be an overall good, upstanding citizen. Mm -hmm. And so at this point, Angel is really persuading him against this. And her main thing was like, wait, my sister's a street kid. Why can't you just like bring my sister in and like take care of my sister? Like, what the fuck? Right. Mm hmm. 
And so he's like, nope, I need to have two different girls. And so he's like, listen, Angel, you're going to go out and you're going to go find two girls. And don't you dare come home without these two girls. I want one of them. And this is so odd. He said specifically, one of them has to be nine years old and the other one has to be 12 years old. Okay, like, thanks. Mm -hmm. So she's like, what? Okay, so she goes out. She goes, finds cousins who are orphans. One of them is nine. One of them is 12. And so with the promise of food and shelter, they come back and they remember that um, Angel kept referring to Peter as the American. So even though he had an Australian accent, they just considered. They just she, called him American. Yeah, yeah, she just kept being like, oh, well, the American's home and he's going to feed us, right? Mm-hmm. And so she ends up dropping off the girls and mm-hmm. leaving. I don't know if she had like an appointment because like I said, Peter would sell her off to a lot of men for like mm-hmm. multiple days at a time. And so she just like left. Peter gave them food. Peter gave the two girls alcohol. And then Peter forced the cousins to undress and perform sexual acts on each other while he photographed and filmed everything to post on the dark web. Now for the next five days, he would do this while he raped them as well. He would rape them, film that, post that, pay-per-view. He would have them do things to each other, film that, post that, pay-per-view. That was like his thing, right? And at one point, they were like screaming so much and trying to escape that he forced them to dig their own graves in the basement. And he says, just you wait, you fucking act up and you're going to be buried there. So then they were becoming a little bit more complacent because I mean, like... <laughs> Digging your own grave, listen, I know it sounds dumb to like to just like grab a shovel and like dig and then suddenly you're like, oh, you're right. Like, let me do everything you tell me to do. But like imagine the psychological torment of digging your own grave like that is I think that's unparalleled. Mm-hmm. And so they become a little bit more complacent. Five days later, Angel comes back home. And now some reports say that Lovely was there and she was helping with the torture, like smothering them with a pillow. But it's not certain. So I don't know for sure. But mm-hmm. I do know that Angel comes home five days later and she sees the girls. I mean, like, this is crazy. So she, Angel, was part of Daisy's destruction where they poured hot candle wax on an 18-month-old's genitals, Right. But she comes home and she sees these two cousins wearing Mm -hmm. dog collars. And she's like, oh, my God, I need to let them go. This is too much. This is this is past my morals. This is past my breaking point. Uh So she sees the five like five days later, the two girls in dog collars. They tell her, oh, my God, the American raped us. Right. Uh So she somehow just like lets them leave. She just unchains them from their dog collars. They run out. They're released. They rush out and they go to the police And they tell them everything. Okay. Now, that's when the police are like, okay, they have the description, right? Uh And the description is matching a lot of things people have seen on the internet. The dark web. So Uh they're like, oh, fuck. So what they do is like they know the general idea because the girl told them like this is the general area where we were kidnapped. And they just knocked door to door and looked at the picture and tried to match it up with the description of the place. And when they knocked on Peter Scully's door, they were like, this is the fucking place because it matches the description. Uh So in 2015, 2015. Just like that? Yeah. Wow. 2015 he was arrested for 75 different charges including murder rape and fraud yeah now here's what's crazy we know that he kidnapped the girls Uh he knows that the world knows that we know that he raped them Uh we know that he committed a lot of fraud in australia Uh but daisy's destruction there's no there's no direct link to peter like 
They can prove it's it. It's all circumstantial evidence, right? Wait, why can Daisy and not Daisy? Why can Lovely and Angel just say that's him? Because it wouldn't matter. It would be he said, she said. Because now there's、What? motive. So if you get those two girls to say no, it was him, but then like the jury is like, oh well, are they getting immunity for this? You know, are they getting so they this just because his face is not in the video. Yes. So here's the thing. Uh huh. They needed to open up his computers because if they can find anything, that's it. That's you're the one that made it. You got an SD card. You、mm. got a camera. You got this. They just—they're looking for evidence.、Right. They're looking for evidence of more videos. They—they want to get him. They want to get him good. Yeah. Now, the police in the Philippines—they at the time were known for corruption. Okay. And magically, the room where all of Peter's electronics, all of them, every single computer, every single phone, every single camera, SD card, everything, hard drives. Set on fire, and nothing was recoverable. So you think Peter gave them money? Almost everyone believes a police officer was bribed. Like、By、not、Peter. the whole department, just like one. By Peter. Yeah. Wow. Yep.、Holy、so there is no evidence, no strong conclusive evidence. To Peter taking part in Daisy's destructions, or on any dark web forums or anything like that. Wow. The only proof that the police had was the kidnapping and the torture of the girls for five days. Now in jail, you would think that. How long was he? Oh, just waiting for trial. Yeah. Okay. Now you would think that Peter would really just tuck his tail between his legs, right?、Mm-hmm. No, Peter was really demanding in jail. He demanded that the jail officer give him a cell phone to use because he was bored. He wanted fresh meat for dinner because all of the meat that they, he was being served was um old. He's like, is this meat like three weeks fresh? I can tell. He was like, I want some fresh eggs. I want pork. Oh my god, this prison cell is so hot. I need you to get me an electrical fan, right?、Um, everything was denied, obviously, because they're like, I'm sorry, who the fuck are you? <laughs> You're a pedo. No. <laughs> and so Peter and Peter's sister from Australia, they contact Australian ambassadors about this horrendous treatment that they're receiving in the Philippines. Uh huh. Nobody did anything because they're like,、Good. um, yeah, shut up. <laughs> yeah. And so he was then charged with one. And Peter's count- sister is a clown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Peter's sister, you, you a clown? What are you talking about? Yeah. And so at this point, Angel and Peter were found, right, and、oh. arrested, and for one count of human trafficking, five counts of rape, and the Philippines they were thinking about bringing back the death penalty at this point. They were like, we might want to do that, but、mm-hmm. they couldn't. So in 2018, they both were receiving life sentences. Yeah. That was their. Life sentences, yes.、Okay. However, lovely, lovely was caught a little bit later than Peter and Angel. So one of the girlfriends, the nineteen-year-old, the、mm-hmm. one who did the most destruction on Daisy、mm-hmm. in the video, she was caught when she was twenty-three. Now she's like twenty-five, twenty-six. She's like my age. Uh-huh. It's fucking nuts, and she was living a lavish life under the name Shannon Carpio. She was living in this high-rise affluent condo near the beach in the Philippines, and she had a bunch of gym friends. She said that she was the wife of a French software millionaire, and she was just paying for drinks. Like she had these glamorous photo shoots. Oh my god, I need to show you a picture of her because it's kind of crazy. Wait, you're talking about before she was getting caught? Yeah. So basically, she got away. Like Peter and Angel were caught, and she, she got away. Yeah, and she started. Living a lavish life. Yeah, 
How? Where、oh, she got the money、I'll、from? I'll tell you. Wait, but she knows that there. She's still being actively、yeah. looked for after. Uh huh. And she's just like, let me post these on Facebook by the name Shannon Carpio. No one will know. What? Yeah. Is that not crazy? What? It's freaking nuts. And so yeah, she was like posting her in bikinis at the beach, like having a grand old time. And、um, yeah, she told everyone it was because she was the wife of a French software millionaire.、Uh-huh. Later, turns out she remained in touch regularly with Peter Scully, and all of that money was from his child pornography that she was spending. So she's still making money,、yeah. or she's still getting money from that? Yeah. And so then, of course, she was caught, and she was brought to trial, and she also got life. <laughs> Unreal. Now, what's the conclusion of Daisy's destruction? The police were able to track down Daisy. She was alive when they found her. She was a toddler at this point. She will have、um, significant, lasting physical damage. And that's not including the mental and emotional damage and trauma, but、yeah. just physically speaking, she has a lot of injuries that will be with her for the rest of her life. Oh my god! Twelve-year-old Liza was found alive. Eleven-year-old Cindy was found dead. She was strangled with a rope to death, buried under the floor of a house that Peter Scully used to live in. Um. So lovely, she told the police that. He made a video for the dark web and even made the eleven-year-old dig her own grave. And the killing, the murder, was actually filmed for the internet, and he had sold it to people, and he had made a lot of money from it. That video, I don't know, has been found. Um, from what I could tell, it hasn't been found yet. So I don't know if the police are like actively looking for it, or if they're like, ah, case closed. Like the dude's in jail. Um. We also we know that Cindy's name isn't her real name.、Mm-hmm. We think that it was a daughter by the name of Barbie. So she had parents who were really excited because this this American man had approached their family with you know his girlfriends translating everything,、mm-hmm. and he said that he is a terrible person and he wanted to bring in impoverished kids into his house to teach them English to give them. An education that was really rare in that community in the Philippines,、mm-hmm. and so she had sent Barbie to live with him,、mm-hmm. and she believes that that's Barbie under his, that was dead, that was in the video. For some reason, there's no confirmation on it,、mm-hmm. but um. Now there was one more urban legend that came from this, and this I will tell you is an urban legend. Okay,、mm-hmm. so that was the conclusion of Daisy's destruction. Now, recently, like maybe a year or two ago, there was talks about a video called Dafu Love. I don't know what Dafu means, right? But it was called Dafu Love, and a lot of people were talking about it on Reddit, right? And it's supposedly, allegedly, a video on the dark web made by Peter Scully and the two women torturing several babies to death, and they would say things like they used a chisel and a hammer to break. Open baby skulls while they were alive. They dis disemboweled babies. They、um, beat two babies together, pretending to be a pillow fight. The adults like would use babies as pillows and do a pillow fight. And so this caused a lot of stir of people being like, "Holy shit! Like, what's going on? Isn't Peter in jail?" Right? And from what we can tell, it's completely an urban legend. If not, 
it's like inspired by a creepy pasta that was written that was inspired by Daisy's destruction. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, they kind of ran with it. So there's a lot of people. I think there's like this one YouTuber who keeps telling people it's real. I don't think it's real at all. I'm pretty sure it's just an urban legend. There's like no reports other than like a couple Redditors and like one YouTuber being like, this is real. I saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So if you guys, you know, I just don't want anyone to be like, what about Tafu Love? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that one's an urban legend. I'm pretty sure. Well, this is a really eye-opening case. Yeah. To the dark web. I'm gassy. You're <laughs> gassy. It's uh, like if you Google the pictures of these dudes' faces, uh-huh. they look normal, and I don't say that in like a oh my god, you know, Ed Keen look normal. Mm-hmm. He didn't look that normal. Like, he looked a little creepy, let's be real. Mm-hmm. Like, if I saw Ed Gein at the bar, I probably wouldn't be like, hey. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. But, like, they all look so normal. Shock me, man. This this case. They're the, all young. The dark web, yeah. They're all in college or have Co- college degree, uh, jobs, lives, yeah. a long-term girlfriend that's of age. like <sighs> Successful with technology. Yeah. You know, how many people downloads, watches these things on the daily? And a lot of And them, how less yeah. of sentence they get? Yeah. This is nuts. So, that's what's on the dark web. I'm sorry that today's podcast was just another edition of Let's Lose Hope in Humanity one more time. So, um, I hope you guys enjoyed today's highly requested case of Daisy's destruction, which unfortunately is not an urban legend but stay safe out there don't be doing stuff on the internet and if you are underage you shouldn't have been listening i probably should have said that in the beginning but if you made it this far be careful about what you put on the internet please and i love you guys so much and i'll see you next week bye bye